All right, ladies, I am so thrilled to have our guest, Shelby. Now, Shelby is freaking awesome. You guys can't see her. I'm seeing her on camera because we're recording this on Zoom. And she's not only a beautiful woman, but she's also been a member of our community for some time. And um, Shelby Mitchell, you, I have seen you turn something that was so meaningful to you such as you know long-term relationships and, and making sure your company provides exceptional customer experiences you took it because it was meaningful for personal reasons to you even though it wasn't necessarily like the top of the line item for your company discover the, the credit card company and you not only took it to them and made it important to them, but now you've become an expert in your industry and you're a keynote speaker on this topic. You talk to companies like Microsoft, you talk to companies like, I don't know what all these like fancy organizations that you're speaking to these days, but you literally took something that you were passionate about in your job, in your career, something that they were not passionate about, your employers were not particularly passionate about. They're like, yeah, 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 this is meaningful, like a kind of blanket statement. And you've turned it into something that now they're also passionate about and other companies are passionate about. And holy crap, pardon my French, but you're revolutionizing the industry of exceptional customer experience. Now that's not technically what I was supposed to read for your bio. But this is our very own Shelby Mitchell. Now she has her blog, The CX Cafe, and she does coaching, I believe, on the side, or if not, like, now you're gonna do it. <laughs> but you have done something incredible, which is finding that in your job, you are passionate about something that for other purposes, you should not be passionate about. It's not part of your job description, but you brought it in. Not only did you say, this is something I love, but I'm going to make you love it too. And you did. And now everybody loves it, not just in your job, but everybody in your industry. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. And listen, in this brief interview, because of course, you're going to have your quest in her money school that we're going to be sharing. You're going to share step by step how you do this, but can you walk me a little bit about what you do, how you come to the place where you are and why, like why, why did you pick customer experience? Explain to us, where did this all start? Sure. So, you know, I've got a background in marketing and advertising and project management. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd worked at my company for a number of years um, and really kind of found my myself in this space of being a project manager who was really good at translating between business stakeholders and the technology stakeholders, uh, which not a lot of people can do. You're either really good at speaking business speak or you're really good at speaking technical speak. But um, one of the areas that I really differentiated myself in, and I would say kind of got myself boxed in a little bit um, before COVID was, you know, strong project manager, very detail oriented, 
and you know could could do that translation um but with covid hitting and not having um you know a commute anymore because everything was locked down um it really gave me the time to think about you know i'm not even though i'm good at this i'm not happy in in the work that i'm doing um and i don't i don't want to be a pro like yes everybody i would say everybody's a project manager mm -hmm whether it's your day-to-day -day job or, or not, you're constantly managing things in your life or in, in your professional world. Um, but having that as your main job, like that is something that I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. So like, what do I want to do? Um, but you were still really like thinking of finding the silver lining. Like you talk about the spark to flame. Yeah. Like most women, and this is something that it, it, it is just, tends to happen most people say like i don't want to do this anymore but they assume that it's the entire job that they don't want to do anymore and you you were like no there's something about it that i don't want to do there's a big part of it yeah so how did you make that distinction yeah so i think for me i i really took the time to say okay i'm gonna map out like here's here's what i like to do here's what i don't like to do um, here's the kind of work that I'm good at. And I think, I think this is the big piece because a lot of times like, we'll we'll list out, oh, this is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. But I think where the real gold is, um, and where it makes it easy to say no to things, um, once you get clear is here are the things that I'm good at, but I don't like doing because a lot of times we will, because we're good at something, somebody will come to us and say, hey can you do this and you're like yes i'm good at this even though i really hate doing it i'm yeah i can do that um but starting to to map out like what you don't like even though you're good at and then also say you know what here's some other things that i'm interested in i don't know a lot about this yet but i could see myself working in doing this type of work so um, I think that's really the big first step that you have to take is, is map out those different things. And then once you, some of the things that you're good at may tie in like with the things that you're interested in, um, and then starting to research those things that you're interested in. And I think, um, one of the biggest things is just having conversations with people and that can be scary at first, <laughs> especially if you haven't done it. I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, so you know, well, what are you myself have a conversation with? Like, are you talking about like conversation with your peers, your boss? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first conversations when you're, you've kind of got this spark of an idea of what you want to do is, is talking to people who are experts in the space. Um, so for me, I was really interested in learning more about accessible customer experience, universal design. How can I create, um, a an experience that is going to put people with disabilities first um, and include them throughout the process um, to essentially make an experience better for all customers. Um, so I reached out to people from Microsoft, from Adobe, um, people in some of the advertising agencies that I had worked in in the past who were really trailblazing in, in that space. Um, a lot of the tech firms are much further along in their um in this space than you know my company was or you know 
just a lot of other industries. So I just said, hey, you know, I'm interested in this area. I wanted to to get your perspective on where's the best place to start. Um, and, and, you know, if you have any resources or anything that you can recommend um, for somebody who's interested in this area, you know, I just love 15 minutes of your time. And you'd be surprised how many people are like, yeah, let's set up time. And I would say, especially in the accessibility space, um, everybody is just you know, you're working on something that's this higher purpose. It, you know, you're not just selling something, you're making something that someone can use that may not have been able to use it before because it wasn't originally designed with their needs in mind. So I would say there, there's a lot of collaboration um, that happens in the space. And I think I only got one person who, who didn't respond, um, but everybody else is like, yeah, schedule time, 15 minutes. And sometimes those conversations turn into an hour and a half long, but, um, but yeah, I would say you just starting there talking to people who are already working in the space. Right. So you, because again, you, from what I understand, you brought these topics up to your own company and it was like, yeah, one day we'll get to accessibility. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll, We'll work on that. You can, you can start working on that. But once you started yeah. bringing the attention of like, oh, by the way, Microsoft, Adobe, oh, I'm yeah. here. Like, did that start triggering the conversations internally? Or like, where did the where did the ball start rolling for you to be able to do these things on a daily basis? Like the things that you love going from, I don't love this, I love this. And now this is actually a big part of my job. Yeah, so I, um you know, I did take the idea for what I wanted to do to my manager. And, and like you said, they were like, oh, this is great. You know, we can do this sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not to say that companies aren't doing work in accessibility. It's just done for more of a lens of compliance or from a legal aspect. It's, um, and I'm just speaking in, in general terms. Um, they're not thinking about it as a long-term business strategy, which really it is when you start to look at the numbers and I won't go too much into, I won't, I won't go into the numbers because that'll take us totally off topic, but, um, really the, the conversations I started having because, you know, my manager was like, oh yeah, we'll do, this sounds like a good idea, you know, take it. And, um, you know, when you've got something a little bit more solid, come back. I mean, I, you know, I was a little bit deflated after that initial conversation, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, this weekend, I'm going to put like a whole business plan together of, you know, here's the statistics here, here are case studies of where companies have succeeded in this here, you know, here are those industries that are leading, um, you know, there are even some, um, companies in our area um, you know, in the industry that, that I work in, who were getting some recognition for the work that they were doing. There's, you know, we're, I would say our industry is pretty far behind a lot of the others, but, um, you know, just sharing like here, here's the leaders in these different industries in the space. Um, and then also I even created a, a group of employees within my organization who have disabilities or who were family members or friends of people with, with disabilities to advise on the projects that we're working on. So, and that's not something that is groundbreaking. It was new for my company, um, but but a lot of the tech companies do that. So 
and I just, I didn't ask permission. I just reached out to our employee resource group and I said, Hey, this, I'm setting this up. Um, and I just started working with my immediate team and said, Hey, if you've got projects, let's run it through this group and see like where the gaps are from an accessibility standpoint. The cool thing about this is too, is it's just you created the, you started creating the interest within your company without having to go get additional credentials, without having to involve your company in any way, shape or form, where it's like, now it's like, oh, okay, so this is a thing. Like we've got an FRG about it. We've got like, we've got invitations to collaborate with like big companies on this. Uh, who's our expert, in-house expert? Oh, Shelby. You're the pro. You've organized all this. Yeah, well, of course, you should step into leadership to this effect. Like, how does that feel? How did how did that transition go? Because I mean, honestly, COVID wasn't that far along. Right. And it's not been that long since all of this has taken place. Is what eighteen months or so? Yeah. So um, yeah, and and really, I got the. Um, the advisory board set up really quickly um, because again, I didn't ask for permission. It was just something like, I'm going to create this group and I'm just going to start soliciting. I, you know, I work with people who are creating new projects on a regular basis. And I just said, Hey, let's, we've got this group. Let's just run it through, you know, so you can learn some new things. Um, and then, yeah, that cover, those conversations started to turn into um, oh, Shelby knows, you know, Shelby's like our expert in this area or, you know, and I also worked on talking to people who were also passionate or I would say quietly passionate um, within the organization. So once they knew that this was work that I was um, really passionate about, they started sending people my way or they said, hey, you should talk to this area or that area. Um, so you know, it was, it was having conversations um, internally too, and just kind of connecting the dots and, and bringing the people together who, um, who were passionate about it or who worked in it um, and start having those conversations. So um, we could make a bigger impact because there was work that was being done, but nobody was really bringing it together. Um, so a lot of, a lot of my role now is making sure that we, all of the work that is being done, that we have a line of sight into it and that we're thinking about it more from an enterprise standpoint, as opposed to, well, this team's doing this over here, this other team's doing something similar, but it's a little bit different. No, we need to get to where we have. Um, it's got the impact is wider. It's broader. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So I've got two questions for you then sure. into this one. How do you feel about your job relative to where you were before? Um, I, you know, there are definitely rough days. I will tell you, especially in, in the work that I do. But I mean, I definitely wake up energized every day. Like I feel like I'm making a difference. And, you know, you can, a lot of times when you're having a bad day at work, people will be like, oh, well, remember you're not, you know, you're not curing disease or, you know, you're not saving lives. Um, and I'm not, but I can say I'm making a difference in somebody's life. 
because now they're able to see everything that our company can do and they can make an informed decision right with whether they want to become a customer or not but from the selfish side of you like the the part that at some point was like feeling stuck and dissatisfied and was doing a lot of things that she didn't want to do like how has that sense of satisfaction like how how does how does shelby from before like how would you how would she grade herself now like how would she rank herself now relative to where she was before yeah so i would say satisfaction probably i was probably around a c um and now i'm i'm an a like i just hands down a yeah i i love the work that i'm doing and you know i there's so much opportunity. And I think that's something that's exciting too. There's so many different ways that I can go and I'm not, I'm, I'm not pigeonholed to like this tiny little thing. Um, like this is, this is something that's, that's huge. And again, you know, it can go so many different ways and I can take it so many different places. You created this for yourself. Yeah. Wasn't like, what's my dream job? It, It quite literally, this is the embodiment of creating your dream job and like within a job too, which is probably even harder because you were already like your job description already said one thing. And in order for you to open this other road, you also still have to do the other things too. Yeah. So, and the second question is how are you going to teach You're going to come and teach us in her money school. Tell me a little bit about what you're going to walk us through. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about how you, how, how do you identify like what your passion is? Like that little um, spark. How do you figure out in your job that spark? Yeah, and then or, what are the steps that you need to take to make it into this raging fire um, and get people to notice and, and take it, yeah, just from an idea to... Take it from a whether it's creating your own job, whether it's, you know, finding a new job, um, whether it's, I mean, you could take these steps and, you know, if you wanted to start a company too, you could do that as well. Um, I think, you know, I, I think the big thing is like, how do you identify what you want to do? And then what are the steps you need to take to, to get to, um, creating it into, to something that you enjoy waking up every day doing. Um, so now I cannot wait to see the quest where you walk us through every single last step here, because it's just been incredible to see you blossoming like from, I I just remember one of our group calls, you were talking about like, yeah, I'm like bringing up this conversation to these people. And it's going to be a very powerful conversation. And, and like, it went from there, you know, I think like we even heard of when it didn't go so well, like a first approach of conversation. And now like, it's like, can you please sign my autograph, Shelby? <laughs> like crushing it and, and really changing the dynamic internally for yourself and for, I mean, I don't know what you're doing can probably impact millions of people. It literally impacts millions of people. Yeah. Just mind blowing, mind blowing. Shelby, it is so nice having you here. Is there anywhere where ladies can find you? Where everybody who here, I mean, we've got your LinkedIn and and such, but where can they find you? What are you doing? Please go ahead. Yeah, so um, 
reaching out to me through LinkedIn is, is definitely the best way to go. Um, you can always check out my, um, my blog as well. If it's something, if you're interested in customer experience, if you want to know more about what I, what I do. Um, but you know, if you want to just have a further conversation with me, LinkedIn's definitely the place to, to connect. And check out her blog, the CX cafe. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.